reading in verse number one. We'll read 27 verses here, and we'll make our prayer and then jump into our message. John 18 and verse number one. John chapter 18, verse one. The Bible says, when Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the brook Cedron where was a garden into which he entered and his disciples. And Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place, for Jesus oftentimes resorted hither with his disciples. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come Upon him went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus saith unto them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. As soon then as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. Then asked he them again, Whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. If therefore ye seek me, let these go their way, that the saying might be fulfilled, which he spake, of them which thou gavest me have I lost none. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew drew it, and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Melchus. Then said Jesus unto Peter, Put up thy sword into thy sheath. The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? Then the band and the captain of officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him and led him away to Ananias first. uh, Ananias, for he was father in law, for he was father in law to Caiaphas, which was the high priest that same year. Now Caiaphas was he which gave counsel to the Jews that it was expedient that one man should die for the people. And Simon Peter followed Jesus. So did another disciple. That disciple was known unto the high priest and went in with Jesus into the palace of the high priest. But Peter stood at the door without. Then went out one other disciple which was known unto the high priest and spake, unto her that kept the door and brought in Peter. Then saith the damsel that kept the door unto Peter, Art not thou also one of this man's disciples? He saith, I am not. And the servants and the officers stood there, who had made a fire of coals, for it was cold, and they warmed themselves, and Peter stood with them and warmed himself. The high priest then asked Jesus of his disciples and of his doctrine. Jesus answered him, I spake openly to the world. I ever taught in the synagogue and in the temple, whether the Jews always resort, and in secret have I said nothing. Why askest thou me? Ask them which heard me uh, what I have said unto them. Behold, they know what I said. And when he had thus spoken, one of the officers which stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, saying, Answerest thou the high priest so? 
Jesus answered him, If I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why smitest thou me? Now Ananias had sent him bound unto Caiaphas, the high priest. And Simon Peter stood and warned himself, and uh, they said therefore unto him, Art not thou also one of his disciples? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, being his kinsman, whose ear Peter cut off, saith, Did not I see thee in the garden with him? Peter then denied again, and immediately the cock crew. Let's pray together if we could. Lord, we're grateful for the opportunity that we have to gather together this morning to hear your word. And Lord, we have, we have not gathered together, Lord, for mere information, but for transformation. And I pray, Lord, that you would use your word by your Holy Spirit that indwells your people, that you would speak to our hearts to bring us to a place of spiritual maturity. Lord, I pray that you would bind Satan and his demons. I pray, Lord, that your word would fall on good ground. I pray, Lord, that it would grow in our hearts and in our lives, and may you be glorified. We're grateful for the time that we can have together. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We know this morning that our decisions that we make are based on a variety of factors. One doesn't just make decisions out of the blue. Even hasty decisions evolve from several factors in our life. Someone said, to every man there openeth a way and ways and a way. And some men climb the highway and some men grope below. And in between on the misty flats, the rest drift to and fro. And to every man there openeth a highway and a low. And every man decideth which way his soul shall go. I think in this passage of Scripture, what strikes me every time I preach or teach or read the Scripture is really the difference of character in Peter's life from verse number 10, where the Bible says, and Peter having a sword drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear, and the servant's name was Melchus. We see we see Peter's boldness, we see Peter's courage, we see Peter's confidence, we see his strength. And then 17 verses later, we find him in fear and lonely and weak. The Bible says Peter denied again and immediately the cock crew. How does someone get from verse 10 all the way to verse 27? To me, it's an incredible thought and it's our study this, this morning. Now, I, I, of course, don't have all the answers that's happening in the heart of Peter, and, uh, but I do believe the text gives us the evolution of the situation and allows us to begin to put together truths to help protect us from getting to that very position. As the Lord Jesus told Peter, when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren, and we read uh, in First and Second Peter, strengthening his brethren, Peter does not want us to get to that place that he faced in the garden that day. And so we're going to look at this text and learn what the Bible has to say to protect us from getting to verse 27 in our lives. Now, Jesus in this text is in the garden of Gethsemane with his disciples. We read about that in verse number 1. 
This was a place, the Bible says, that Jesus would often go. Judas knew exactly that this is where Jesus would be. And so he had gathered together a band of men and officers, and the Bible says they had grabbed some lights, these men that Judas had gathered together. They grabbed some lights and some weapons, and, and the Bible says they went out looking for Jesus. Now, Jesus is God, and he knows everything. And he knew that these men were coming. He knew that these events were taking place. And so in verse number four, Jesus asked whom they sought. And they said, we are looking for Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus' response here, it, 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 it's important for us to look at it. Jesus said, I am he, I am as a declaration of his deity. And the Bible says when he said this, the men fell backward at his power. And so at this time, Simon Peter he thought that Jesus was establishing an earthly kingdom, that he was going to overthrow the Romans, that he was going to bring in this, this kingdom. And so he pulls out his sword, and he, he thinks in his mind, it's go time, it's fight time, it's battle time. And he swings the sword, and he chops off the high priest's servant's ear, Melchus. And, you know, you can imagine the mess that that would have been. There would have been blood everywhere. They would have been screaming. They, it would have been chaos. And Jesus so calmly reaches over and he touches Melchus's ear and it becomes whole. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm a soldier walking in with Judas, I walked in with Judas, but I'm walking out with Jesus. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that should have got their attention. He made his ear whole. I cannot imagine what was going through their minds. I can't Im imagine arresting Jesus at this point as a criminal. But the story progresses. Next, we find Peter by a fire, and he's warming himself. And ultimately, he denies the Lord three times. How does this take place? Again, how does someone get to verse, from verse 10 to verse 27? Well, let me give you some thoughts. If you're taking notes, would you write down these thoughts? And I encourage you to study this passage of Scripture in your own time. It is absolutely fascinating. But I want us to think about Peter for a moment and think about how he got to this place in his life. And I, I believe it all begins, number one, with a different will a different will. The Bible says in verse 11, then said Jesus unto Peter, put up thy sword into the, into the sheath, the cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? Here's a question I want to ask you, and you can answer this question in your own heart this morning. What is your pursuit today? What are you looking for? Who are you looking for? Peter had a will for Christ. Peter wanted Jesus to be an earthly king. He wanted him to overcome the, the Romans and to free them from the bondage of the Romans and establish a kingdom. And when soldiers came into the garden with pulled swords, Peter thought that that battle had begun and he responded in that way. Now, I want us to go to John uh, 18 here in our text, in verse 34. The Bible says, Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it to uh, thee of me? This is John 18, 
And look what the Bible says here in verse 34. And Pilate answered, I, uh, am I a Jew? Thine own nation and chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Verse 36. Jesus answered. Now, this is important here in the doctrines of Christ. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now is my kingdom not from hence. The kingdom of Jesus was a spiritual kingdom. Remember when the disciples, as you, you think about the story of the disciples, when they were fighting over who would be the greatest in the millennial kingdom. And of course, they thought that the millennial kingdom was sooner than it was going to be, that they would be able to be a part of it uh, within their ministry on earth. And they were fighting who was going to be the greatest, who was going to be at the right hand, and who was going to have a greater position and more power and, and, and more opportunity. And Jesus says to them, listen, I want you to know that I'm going to suffer and I'm going to die. And if you want to be great in my kingdom, then you're going to have to be at the bottom. And they didn't like that. And in Matthew 16, verse 21, the Bible says, From the time for Jesus began to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him, look at this. Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. You talk about a different will now. Peter's rebuking the Son of God, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. And look what the Bible says here. This is Matthew 16, verse 23. And he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. He says, Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those things that be of men. You see, Peter had a different will. Peter had a different plan. Peter had a different purpose for the Lord Jesus. And when Jesus told Peter to put down his sword, he said, I must drink the cup that my father has given me. It was that beginning, that step toward verse 27 in Peter's mind as he finds a conflict within his will and the will of God. Peter wanted one thing, and the Lord had a different will. You know, I want us to consider our life for a moment. Because there comes times in our lives when our will is going to be different than God's will for our life. And we have a choice to make. We can take that will that God has given to us and we can be thankful for it and we can submit to it or we can fight against it. We can become bitter at God and bitter at church and bitter at Christians and bitter at life. And, and we can respond as we fight against what God would have for us in our life. 
I want us to think about the will of God for just a moment. And I hope this will encourage us to submit to God's will. When we think about God's will, it's important to know that God's will is perfect. It's perfect. You know, the Bible says in 2 Samuel 22, verse 31, as for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all them that trust in him. I'm not saying this morning that God's will is easy. I'm not saying that God's will is comfortable. I'm saying that God's will is perfect. It is perfect. His way is always perfect perfect. And then God's will is provided for. Where God leads you, God will sustain you. God's will is always provided for. By the way, that's what Paul was telling the church at Philippi when he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What he's saying in that passage of scripture is that where God leads him, whether in prison or whether abounding, no matter what God's will is for my life, God will give me the grace to sustain it. God will help me because his will is perfect and his will is provided for, but also God God's will is protected. It is protected. I'll never forget when my sister told my mom uh, that she was going to Africa, to North or West Africa, to be a missionary. And um, my mom didn't like that. My mom was nervous and scared, of course, going to a place where she didn't know much about. And my sister responded to her by saying this, Mom, I am more safe on in Africa, in the will of God, than on the 401, out of the will of God. God's will is protected. And where God leads us, God will help us and guide us. Don't stray from God and his will for your life. Embrace God's purpose and plan. Would you turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5? Would you turn there, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5? And notice what the Bible says in verse 18. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 18. The Bible says, In everything give thanks. And everything give thanks. Why? Why should we give thanks? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It's not giving thanks that's God's will. It's the events that come into our life that we give thanks for. And we're to have the right attitude when God leads us and when God turns us and when God directs us. I'm reminded of the life of George Young. He was an evangelist and he had a young family and he preached the gospel wherever he went. And uh, uh, over the years, there were, there were those who did not like the message that George Young preached. He preached a gospel message that people were to come to Christ for salvation. And his young family had gathered together enough money to build their own home. It, it was nothing more than a shack in today's standards, but it was their own home. And God had provided it for them. And one night when George Young and his family were away at meeting, some men who didn't believe the message that George Young preached, uh, you know, his family and him were away, and they came and they burnt that house to the ground. When George Young returned from his meetings, uh, there was nothing left but ashes. And he, as he thought about God's goodness 
and God's leading in his life and reflecting on what had happened, he took out a piece of paper and he put together these words, which we often sing from our hymn books, in shady green pasture so rich and so sweet, God leads his dear children along. Where the water's cool flow bathes the weary one's feet, God leads his dear children along. Some through the waters and some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood, some through great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night season and all the day long. Where God leads, God will help. And sometimes in our life, we come to a, a turn. We come to a fork in the road. And God says, I, I want to grow you. I want you to go this way, but we don't want to go that way. And we have a different will, a conflicting will, and we have to make a decision. I believe that was the first step and how Peter got to verse 27. I believe a different will. Number two, would you write this down with me? A destructive enemy. A destructive enemy. The Bible says in Luke chapter 22, actually, let's turn there as we, we kind of get before uh, this event a little bit more. I love the Gospels. It gives us a great perception here of all that's happening in this, in this wonderful chapter. In Luke chapter 22, we notice here that Jesus... Before Peter denies him three times, Jesus approaches uh, Peter, and he has something for uh, him to know. In verse 24, in Luke 22, the Bible says, And there was also a strife among them, which of them would be accounted the greatest. And he said unto them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors. But ye shall not be so." But he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he that is chief as he that doth serve. For whether is greater, or he that sitteth at meat, or he that serveth, is not he that sitteth at meat, but I am among you that serveth. Ye are they which have continued with me in my temptations. And I appoint unto you a kingdom, as my Father hath appointed unto me." that ye may eat and drink at my table and my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, verse 31, this is so important for our study here this morning. Behold, Satan have desired to have you. Now, you say, why is this important? Let me break it down for you this morning. Jesus told Peter that Satan specifically was after him. Now, I believe that this is a New Testament Job moment. I, I, I'm just, you know, I, I can't tell you for sure because obviously we don't have scripture to support it. And so it would be my guess. Uh, but I, I think that we have conversations here. And I think that Satan is coming after uh, Peter specifically. And Jesus said, I want you to know he's coming after you to destroy you, to sift you as wheat. Now, there's an important truth you have to understand about the devil. He is not omnipresent. He is not God. He is not everywhere at one time. Now, his influence is, you know, far-reaching, and he has, uh, you know, a multitude of demons that do his biddings. Uh, and, of course, there is his deception and ungodly influence, and there's also his lies but he is not everywhere at one time. That means if the devil is with you, then he is not with me. And what Jesus is saying is, listen, Peter, Satan is coming after you. 
He wants to get you. He wants to sift you as wheat. You're his number one target, Peter. This is important because I understand this. We are, as the devil is not God and he's not as powerful as God, but he is definitely more powerful than you and me. And you don't want to do battle with the devil alone. You will lose every single time. The desire of Satan is the same for every Christian. Satan's desire is for you to lose your confidence in God. He wants to sift you as wheat. Ultimately, he wants to destroy you. And he desires to keep you as far away from Christ as he possibly can. And he is a deceiver, and he is good at what he does. He doesn't come with banners and lights and and, and postcards. No, he is subtle in what he does. And he tricks us, and he deceives us. And we cannot be ignorant, as Paul said, of his devices Remember hours before Peter's denial, Jesus is in the garden and he tells Peter, Peter, listen, you got to pray. You got to watch because Satan is coming after you. Matthew 26 and verse 40, uh, verse 37, the Bible says, and he cometh and find him sleeping. And he saith unto, now he doesn't just say this to the disciples, though they're all there. Look what the Bible says. He saith unto Simon Peter. He says, sleep as thou. Peter, couldn't you just watch for an hour? Watch and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. He said, Peter, the spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. Watch and pray. Paul said, be vigilant, be sober, because your adversary or your enemy, the devil, he, he's a roaring lion. He's walking about seeking whom he may devour. And I believe the second reason why Peter got to verse 27 is because he didn't watch and pray and he wasn't ready for the attack of the wicked one. Let me give you my third reason and I'll be done. And it's simply this, a distant relationship, a distant relationship. Look what the Bible says in verse 16. I find this fascinating, verse 16. But Peter stood at the door without. Then went out that other disciple. Uh, We believe that that other disciple was John the Apostle. He never really names himself in the book. He's the disciple whom Jesus loved. Doesn't really give himself a name or a title, but stays humble through all of this and, and, and kind of keeps in the background. And so we know that John was at the cross. We know that John stood with Jesus in the tribunal. And so John is there and he is known unto the high priest and he spake unto her that kept the door and he brought Peter in. So you can imagine Jesus is taken into the judgment hall and John follows Jesus into the judgment hall and then he looks inside and he says, where's Peter? And and so he's known unto the high priest and so he goes to the gatekeeper. There's a, a girl there, a damsel, and he says, listen, this guy's with me. And so Peter and John walk and this is the kicker. John walks in with Jesus, but Peter doesn't. He stops. And there's a fire burning, and John walks in, and he stops, and he starts to warm himself. 
by the fire. The Bible says that John enters and follows Jesus, but Peter stays outside of the door. And the Bible says he warms himself. And there at that fire, there's some soldiers and some officers. And this is interesting. Melchus is there. He's the guy. You remember that guy? He's the guy that Peter sliced off his ear. And Melchus is like, you look familiar. <laughs> a little girl, a little damsel says, you know what? You're a Galilean. Your speech gives you away. I think you're a disciple. And Peter says, I am not a disciple. And he begins to curse and swear to bring credibility that he would never, he would never be a follower of Jesus. And all of these things happen in secession. And the Bible says that as he did this, they're taking Jesus from the tribunal. And in one moment, in one instant, Peter gets a glimpse of the face of Jesus. And all of a sudden, he hears the cock. His heart is shattered. He has indeed denied the Lord. The one who was willing to fight is now the one who denies. And you ask yourself, how in the world did it happen? Well, I think we would honestly have to say, Peter should have went with Jesus. You know, it's interesting when we look at this scripture and we look at Peter's attitude with Jesus, Peter is a different person when he's walking with the Lord. When he is side by side with Jesus, the Son of God, he is willing to pull out a sword, he is willing to be bold, he is willing to be confident, he is willing to die for the Lord. But you begin to distance yourself, that boldness begins to wane. And that confidence begins to fade. And all of a sudden, someone comes to you and says, hey, you're a disciple. And you say, I'm not a Christian. <laughs> Those people are crazy. <laughs> and you wonder how you would ever get from verse 10 to verse 27. And I think the Bible is clear. Different wills a destructive enemy, and a distant relationship, unfortunately, will bring you to verse 27. And so you have to ask yourself this question, where are you today in your walk with God? It is only a question that you can answer. Are you walking with the Lord today? Robert Robinson was a wild youth that came to Christ at a George Whitefield sermon, uh, evangelistic meeting during one of his sermons. Robertson became a pastor and wrote several hymns. Uh, one of the hymns we sing often uh, was written in 1757, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Later in his life, he wandered from the Lord, and apparently in his life he felt like he could not return, that he could not get his heart right with God. It is said that Robinson was riding on a stagecoach with a young woman who did not know who he was. And as she was sitting there, they were sitting there together on the stagecoach. She, she began to quote the hymn, 
Come thou fount of every blessing. And he looked at that young girl and he says, Ma'am, I am the poor unhappy man that wrote that hymn many years ago. And he said, I would give a thousand words if I had them to enjoy that feeling like I did back then. And do you know what that young girl said? She said, sir, the streams of mercy are still flowing. And it's said that Robert Robinson got his heart with, right with God on that stagecoach, on that day, that he died on fire for the Lord. God help us today. Maybe you're in verse 27 this morning, and you'd be honest with God, and you say, you know what, my Christian life is not what it ought to be. Or maybe you're in verse number 10, and you have that zeal, but maybe you feel like you're heading to verse 27. Or maybe you're in verse number 10, and you don't feel like you're heading to verse 27, but you know that there's a destructive enemy, and only 10 verses away, you could be there, but by the grace of God. I pray today that you would do business with the Lord and ask God to help you. Whatever need that you have this morning, I pray that you would leave this service a different person for the cause of Christ. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for your blessings. We're grateful for the opportunity.